Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Megan. How are you? Well, I'm glad to be here on a Sunday for one of our More Than Mom episodes, which I think are maybe our favorite to record. This is when we talk about stuff that isn't necessarily like parenting advice. It's more just a glimpse into our lives and goals and sometimes cabinets and showers and (laughs) drawers and purses. Um, Our mom life, right? Our More Than Mom life. So This is a really fun episode today because we talk obviously a lot about routines and habits and things like that, because I feel like it's just always something I'm thinking about as a mom. And yeah, yeah, of course, we, we both always are. But this is really fun because we're kind of revisiting this idea of small habits or tiny habits, which I feel like has had a moment for the past several years. They can be very impactful, as we know. Um, But we kind of are doing it a little bit differently because one thing I think can be a little tricky is when you hear someone else talk about the habits they incorporate in their lives, but you don't understand like what the reason is or how you can apply it to your life. If like, you don't want to do that exact thing, maybe their thing is they get up first thing in the morning and I don't know, they go for a run and you're like, well, I'm never going to do that. So never mind. But there's something behind that morning run, right? There's like a principle to it. Well, yeah, you're so right. Um, it's not always hearing other people talk about their exact habits that feels so motivating, but I think using that information to reflect on our own rituals and routines and kind of adapt. So I love that you set it up this way. We're each going to share some small habits that are making a difference for us this fall, but then also like the driving principle behind those that maybe you listening could take and find a tiny habit or a small habit that works for you. Megan, I also want to say that I'm very motivated hearing other people talk about their goals and their habits and their routines and their rituals. But when we go to do it, I always feel like slightly self-conscious because we're, we're talking about the things that are going well. And these like things that we're doing very regularly. And so just like a huge general reminder that guess what, friends, we are not mentioning the areas of our lives that are a total, you know, what show right now, like I'm sitting on a bed 
filled with laundry that isn't folded because my laundry habits are just all over the place right now. And I don't know about yours. Um, I, we're each going to talk about five different habits, Sarah. Mine are all in various stages of like uh, solidification. So some of them I've been doing now for well over a month and they're very solidified. Others are brand new and others are ones that I've done forever. So it's like sometimes, you know, some of these may fall by the wayside. Um, there's probably a whole nother list of 50 of th- things that I could start incorporating but haven't gotten to yet. And I think the point of like talking about a small or a tiny habit is that sometimes things that are really little can be very surprisingly impactful, like I said, but also have this ripple effect on other things in your life. And then they can create other sort of habits to kind of flow out of them. Yeah, there's actually a name for that. And I was just reading. So I, I apologize. I don't know if this is like a lazy genius term or a Gretchen Rubin term or someone else that um, Atomic Habits book we read but I think it's called like a linchpin habit or like a kingpin habit or a there's a name for the habits that beget other good habits. So like getting enough sleep or going to bed early, for example, is like a mm. habit that then those other habits flow from. So we're not we are not the habit experts, everyone. We're just making Turns our out, way. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also excited to be talking about small habits because in about a month we're going to revisit um, the episode we did at the beginning of the year where we talked about some of our goals and intentions for 2022. We're going to do like our final check-in. We did yeah. we did sort of like a several months in check-in, but now we're going to really go, okay, how did it go? And I think it'll be fun to see how these little habits have either helped us with those intentions or maybe are things that grew out of those intentions. Even if we didn't follow through with like the big lofty intention, maybe the small habit was what kind of came out of that idea. And that turned out to be enough, which I think sometimes is the case. Absolutely. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much, they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. 
So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the high vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, so my first habit that I'm going to talk about is probably three or four weeks old. I started doing this right before, like, truly back to school, like thinking about morning routines. And it is simply that I have been having my morning hydration, which for me is my athletic greens from our sponsor. But really, this could also just be a big glass of water or lemon water um, before my coffee. And the backstory here is that I really look forward. I look forward to morning coffee so much that I will sometimes think about it the day before or the night before and be like, I cannot wait to have coffee in the morning. <laughs> it's really silly, but I know some of you can relate. But then what was happening is I would wake up, stumble to the kitchen, get the coffee, settle back in bed, usually with a book or my planner. And I was not really aware that I was drinking coffee. Mm. And after 20 minutes, I would start to feel awake and caffeinated. And then I would go grab a glass of water or um, get about my morning. It wasn't that I wasn't hydrating or that I was putting off my water or my athletic greens. It was actually that I wasn't very aware of this ritual that I love so much, which is a morning cup of coffee. And I was also curious if I'd feel any different physically by swapping the order. So what I've been doing the last month or so, I wake up, I go to the kitchen, I get my um, big like jar of water with athletic greens in it. I bring it back and I do the same thing. I sit in my bed with my planner. I have sometimes been doing um, like a calm meditation app meditation, but that's, that's a different habit for a different discussion. Either way, I'm awake in my bed, sitting upright for about 20 minutes before then I go back to the kitchen and pour a cup of coffee. And it was really just more of an experiment. I, what I, what I've noticed most is that I think I naturally wake up pretty quickly without caffeine. I don't think the caffeine is what wakes me up. Now I'm not going to say I wouldn't notice it if I didn't have it at all. Cause that I do experience caffeine withdrawals, like if I don't have coffee at all. But it was, it's really interesting to observe how my brain wakes up when it's not the caffeine that's going in. It's just, I'm just waking up. I'm just coming to consciousness. Mm -hmm. I'm like drinking the water. So this might sound like it's like hydration before caffeine habit. I actually don't think that's what this one is about. So the principle that I kind of circled around is that I wanted to be more awake and more present for the ritual that I actually enjoy. And that is that first cup of coffee. So I delayed it a little bit until I was um, as awake as I was going to be without the caffeine so that I could actually be like, now, now I am pouring this cup. Now I am feeling that it is hot. Now I am, you know, curling up with a book or looking at my planner. So I don't know. It was a simple swap, but I definitely plan to stick with it. Okay. So a couple things came to mind while I was listening to you talk. The first one is that I love that you separated two things you enjoy out, the reading or the journaling or whatever, and the consumption of the coffee. Because sometimes when we combine two things that we love, it's kind of hard to figure out 
well, first of all, we're not loving either one of them as much as we could be, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're kind of like, we're a little bit uh, torn or our, our tensions are a little divided. But if you get, if you are experiencing a slow awakening while you're turning your brain on while reading or journaling and you're having coffee, you don't know which one of those things is turning your brain on. Exactly. And you probably have a million of those throughout the day. Maybe it's like you sit down with a glass of wine at night and a book and suddenly you feel relaxed. Well, is it because you're sitting? Is it because you have wine or is it because you're reading a book? Like all of those things are happening. If you don't separate them out, you might get the idea that they all have to always go together. Um, so I love, I love, love, love that. And I will say I'm a big lover of tea. And I will also the night before think about how much, because there's nothing like that first, the first like cup. that first it's sip. So good. Uh-huh. Like the, probably the, ha- like the half of the first, the first half of the first cup uh-huh. is the best. But sometimes if I'm not really present, I'll look down and it's like half gone. And then I'm sad because yeah. you don't get that back. No, you don't. So, so true. Yeah. yeah. So I just love everything about this. I think it would be such an interesting exercise if we all did nothing else to like mix up what we associate, like what we combine Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. turn things on their head a little bit. And you might then find that actually say before you had a hard time drinking water, you might actually find if you pair the water with a pleasant activity that you love, suddenly you're enjoying drinking your water. So, you know, if you're trying to like stand at the kitchen sink and bolt it because you know you have to drink water, it's just not going to have the same effect. Right. So I love that. Yeah. Well, my first one was also a first thing in the morning um, thing. And this is literally the first thing I do. I don't know, within a few minutes of my eyes opening. Um, And I have been successfully doing this for almost two months now. So I would say this one's pretty solidified. And that is that I I do Duolingo um, and occasionally I read a little bit before I get on social media. So this is when this is all sort of started happening. I started using Duolingo. It's like a language app Mm -hmm. and it is very gamified, but I'm using the gamification to my advantage. Usually I resist that kind of thing and get kind of irritated that like they've hijacked my brain. But in this case, I really do want to learn. I'm I'm doing Finnish. I really want to learn the language and the fact that I have a streak to keep up and that they'll be disappointed I mean, they will send me like weird passive aggressive notifications if I don't <laughs> keep my keep my streak up. Um, and I have all these gems. I don't really know what the gems are for, but I'm collecting them. And sometimes nice. I can cash them in for like more hearts or whatever. I'm really using that to my advantage because sometimes now I will wake up and I'm not a huge morning person. And often if I, if my eyes first open at 530, say, or 545, my first instinct is to think I could still eke out another good 45 minutes. I'm going to close my eyes again. But now my brain is competing with Duolingo, who is there saying, hey, but your streak, we're over here. So I guess the principle that I'm um, using there is not really anything to do with gamification. It's just that's working to my advantage. But I'm really wanting to fill my brain with nourishing things before I get into the brain candy, which would be Instagram or whatever. And it's very effective because it plays on my brain very similarly to the way Instagram would or mm-hmm. some other social media. It kind of, I get the dopamine hit. Um, I get the immediate feedback. It's something kind of like it's slowly waking my brain up while I'm in a sleepy state and yeah. I don't have to get out of bed right away. But it's like, I don't have that. Um, I don't have any anxiety response. There's no feeling of like, oh, there's all this 
world news happening and I'm trying to catch up or, oh, there's drama over here. Like that's never going to happen in Duolingo. I'm literally just learning a language and I feel like I'm turning my brain on in a really productive way. So it is, it's very much like eating, you know, eating your salad first. I am so curious. Well, a couple of things as you were talking about coming sleepily out of like rest and into this learning a language mode, I am fascinated by language acquisition and the brain anyway. I'm so curious if you've done Duolingo at other times in the day when you are perhaps more alert, but also more distracted. I could see Mm -hmm. that sort of like fuzzy receptiveness, (laughs) that kind of like letting in unfamiliar words and new information without the distraction, like you said, of having checked the news first. Um, but also you're not quite as alert. So depending on like retention or things like recall, I'm so, I'm just fascinated by this idea of starting your language learning when you're in that kind of like haze. Well, I will tell you that my by far most successful Duolingo sessions are first thing in the morning when I'm so like sleepy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've like, don't even have my contacts in yet. I've not even usually gone to the bathroom yet. I'm like laying there in the dark. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm slow. So I'm not, yes. So I'm not, fa- well, but what it is, is I'm not, I'm not rushing yep. and I'm not overthinking it. The worst I ever do at Duolingo is when it's like close to the end of the night. And I've realized I forgot to do it that day. Mm-hmm. That's happened a couple of times or like, for some reason I didn't finish the lesson first thing and I had finished. Ha, ha, ha. Um, I didn't finish my finish lesson mm-hmm. first thing. And so I try to do it later or like in the car on the way somewhere else. I bomb it every time when I do that. Yeah because I'm not really paying attention and my mind is elsewhere and I'm just trying to get it done. If it's the thing I'm going to do instead of putting my feet on the ground and I really want a few more minutes just in a snuggly bed, I just sit there. It's like very relaxing actually, but it's weirdly successful. I have lots of perfect scores first thing in the morning. That's amazing. I don't know. I don't know much about Duolingo. My kids have used it briefly for school. Will you be able to link or recommend? Cause I feel like people are going to want to check this out now. So yeah, link that up in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. And I just use the free version. I don't have my sister's on the paid version, which means she doesn't have to worry about running out of hearts or she doesn't really have to worry about the gamification aspect of it. Okay. She's just, but for me, it actually kind of works because I feel like I'm kind of trying to beat the system a little bit and like collect my gems and all of that. So <laughs> amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, my next habit um, has to do with getting set up the night before for a successful morning. So we're already building a theme here around evenings and mornings. Um, We use a big giant whiteboard in the kitchen that the kids look to for whatever is happening that day. Now they're all back in school. So they, you know, they know what happens once they arrive at school, but I write things on there about like who's driving them and who's picking them up. That's most of it. And then any like extracurriculars, So uh, we usually write what we're having for dinner on there and there might be a little like chore or job, et cetera. So I have been using the whiteboard now for several years, um, but I always did it in the morning. And sometimes going back to that whole like my morning routine of reading or planning, I was pretty inconsistent about when I would make it out to the kitchen to update the whiteboard. And sometimes the kids would beat me out there. And so now there's nothing on the board. How will they ever know what's happening? Or I just came out and I kind of felt like I was playing catch up. So this, the tiny habit this fall is that I am just doing the whiteboard the night before every single night. Like, I don't think I've missed a night. And I sometimes even do it at like five or six o'clock. Um, like once we're all in the house for the day, no one needs to know what else is happening. Like do your homework and go to bed. We're done. Like this day is, this day is administratively (laughs) 
done. And so I will prep the whiteboard the night before. Um, that has been a huge gift to me. I don't think the kids care as much, but it's been really nice for me. Um, and I think for Brian too, to have that there, no matter what time anybody wakes up, it's there. And then in addition to doing the whiteboard, I have been putting a few key items on my nightstand in preparation for the next morning, mostly my AirPods. And I'm going to talk about those in another tiny habit, but putting my AirPods, my planner, a pen, and that might be it. Sometimes, well, I usually have a glass of water on my nightstand anyway, but, um, with what I want to do first thing in the morning and the way I want to wake up, having the physical objects next to me, it just seems like it seems like it's not that hard to grab them off the kitchen counter or whatever when I'm out in the kitchen. But it's just so nice to have everything in one place. So I guess the principle here that I'm sure everybody could find a tiny habit that would apply in your life is that nighttime rituals beget morning rituals. It just does. It sets you up for the next morning. And I think because I'm not a I'm not a night person. I've never been very good at this particular thing because I think, well, I'm best in the morning. I'm up early, but man, you can really set yourself up for success at night. You can. It reminds me of like, um, for me, that might look something like uh, making sure the kitchen's the way I want it. I really like to wake up to a clean kitchen in the morning. I've actually gotten to the point now where my kids, I, I don't ask them as often to clean the kitchen if it's past like seven o'clock. Like if we have a later dinner, mm -hmm. um, I will just clean the kitchen myself rather than ask them to clean it because I like to go to bed at pretty early. Like I'm heading into my room at like eight 30 and maybe not going to fall asleep right away, but I'm settling in. And it's such a bummer when I wake up and the kitchen isn't clean to my, for, for me, I know not everyone cares, but for me, it's that behind the eight ball feeling that yeah. catching up feeling that like now I can't do anything else because my kitchen sink is full of stuff. Um, I would rather just do it myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> make yeah. sure it's done right and make them do it other times. So that's how important it is to me. You would be surprised at what a gift to yourself it is just to set out a couple of items on the counter that you would normally be dragging out of cupboards in the morning. I'll do it sometimes mm -hmm. with um, a, a lunchbox and a bento box for lunch packing. I don't pack the lunch the night before. I just wipe the counter and put the thing on the counter. And it's like, we must just be really tired in the morning, all of us moms, because it's like, oh, how nice. Like this is here for me. So there's probably yeah. a bunch of tiny things you can do for yourself at night that will just make the next morning feel a little easier. Yeah. I fill my kettle and it's not because I'm too tired to walk five feet to fill my kettle in the morning. But like you said, it's like when I get there and it's already heavy because there's water in it. Mm -hmm. I go, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't I nice to myself? It's hey. done. All I have to do is press the button. Yeah. No, it's so true. Thanks last night, me. Uh, Megan. Yeah. Well, my next one is kind of two in one and they're both movement and fitness oriented. Um, one I've been doing for a few weeks and that is really short at home yoga practices. And I'll talk about that in a minute. The other is returning to daily or pretty close to daily walks. Um, and that's a little less, I've been doing that a little bit less time just since my kids went back to school. But, um, that one came from Basically, when I was living in downtown, really close to where my kids went to school and in this sort of old downtown neighborhood, I walked miles almost every single day. Right. And then I moved um, to like a more country area where there's like land everywhere and places to walk. It just I have to figure out how to navigate that. And I just haven't quite figured it out yet. Then my dog died. She got really old and wasn't walking with me anymore. And then she died. So I basically just stopped walking 
over the summer. Like I didn't walk unless I was going on a bona fide hike, which is a whole different thing and doesn't happen every day or sometimes even every week. I just wasn't walking and my body started to feel really, really crummy, Uh, especially when I was like pairing the not walking with sort of sporadic yoga practices, which I was doing because I really was thinking, I think I was putting a lot of pressure on myself, like for a yoga practice to count. It has to be a full hour, at least, you know, at minimum, it should be in the studio with other people. Or if it's going to be an at home practice, it's going to have to be like really nicely planned out. And so what would happen is I'd get up and think, okay, well this today's class that is at the studio, isn't going to work for me for this or that reason. And so I guess I'll get around to doing like an hour at home later. And you know, it's very difficult to do a whole hour practice at home. Um, I mean, I went to yoga teacher training, like I know how to do it. It's just very different when you're trying to put something like that together. So, you know, I finally decided to get over myself a little bit and started doing like 20 to 25 minute short home practices almost every day. And you can have a full yoga practice in 20 minutes. It can have a warm, like a breathing at the beginning, a warm up, a couple of sequences, a wind down or seated, you know, the seated stretching and stuff at the end and a Shavasana in about 20 to 25 minutes. Like that is possible. And no matter what, I'm going to feel so much better. It's so much more grounded and so much more fluid and loose. If I do that, than if I'm waiting around for some mystical, mythical, you know, 90 minutes that I'm going to have available. So I've been doing that for a bit. The walking thing, here's the small habit with the walk, because they haven't necessarily been tiny walks. I've got, I've done some three and four mile walks, but I'm going back to my old neighborhood after I drop the kids off at school on school mornings. The tiny, the reason it's a tiny habit is I've done it before a million times. There's no thinking involved. I just go and I do my old route. So I don't have to figure out where am I going to walk in my new neighborhood? It, which sounds silly, but sometimes that mental load of trying to figure out what the new thing is, it takes a surprising amount of brain power. And I just want the comfort of going to my old neighborhood where I lived for 13 years in my old town and just doing that same walk. And that's fine. Like that's that those sidewalks are perfectly good. The lake is just as pretty there. Like, and it's right there. I'm dropping the kids off anyway. So um, I guess just to say like what the principle really is, is don't put off good enough for perfect. So don't hold out for some perfect scenario. Just start with what's good enough. And even if that means just kind of covering old ground, sometimes old ground that works, works for a reason. And we yep. don't always have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, I love that. I think I I mentioned on the podcast that I didn't take as long a break from walking as you did, but I I took time off this summer thinking that it would make me want to do something else. And I also just rediscovered old ground, just got right back (laughs) out there and better. As you said, like good enough is good enough. Um, Don't let don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Is that one of the sayings? That's enough. Yeah, we can say it in many ways, but yes, that's one of them. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. I am not sure this next one exactly counts as a tiny habit, but it is a small shift that is yielding big results. And so I'm going with it anyway. And it is related to my AirPods, my how I listen to things. Um, the backstory on this is both you and I had studio brand, um, Bluetooth headphones for years and they were a partner on the podcast and we loved them. And I actually actively did not choose Apple, um, earbuds and AirPods because they hurt my ears. The hard plastic, mm. um, was really uncomfortable. And so only in the last couple of years, when Apple has come out with the AirPods pro that have the soft silicone ear tips where you can change out the sizes, um, that was when I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to dip my toe back in there. And I bought myself some AirPods or maybe I asked for them for a holiday. I've already forgotten. They've been great. I've had them now for quite a while. I really like them, but I had a weird, um, like relationship with the noise canceling two AirPods <laughs> in like the sound was so good. And the mic is really good. Like I can talk to you, Megan on Voxer, or I can have a phone call, um, or a zoom while wearing the AirPods. I, for some reason, never tried just having one in and one out. And I had heard a few people talking about how they do that. And they kind of walk around the house listening to a podcast with one in, or they might talk on the phone with one in. And I feel like I tried it a couple of times and I messed something up or it was like, then the thing was playing like in my hand or in my pocket. And I was always worried, especially if I was talking, if I was on the phone or talking on Voxer, I was worried that the one not in my ear was going to be picking up like pocket Mm. noise. You know what I mean? This is just like silly technology hurdles. So I finally have just become more confident in using just one AirPod and I love it. I do. I find myself now much more willing to pop in and out of a podcast while I'm doing dishes or to, um, I've been doing calm meditation audios in the morning, which I really like because I don't like not being able to hear what else is happening in my house. I actually do want to hear if the dog is scratching at the door or if a kid is waking up, I know sometimes you want to cancel out all the noise, but sometimes you kind of need half an ear on the ambient noise around you. And so I guess the principle here is just take the time to set up your tech to work the way you want it. And yeah, it's great to have two AirPods in and to have completely immersive music or sound. And I still do that sometimes on my walks, but now that I know how to successfully pop one in and one out. I am using it all the time and I'm listening to more and I'm talking more and I'm getting more done while I'm listening to things. And I love it. Well, Sarah, you know that I am the worst. I mean, you do know this, that I am like the absolute worst about actually taking the time to set up my tech. Like I don't do that. And I got AirPods and it took me a good month to figure out how to use transparency mode, which for me, um, noise canceling to the level that AirPods do it is like disturbing. Like I really dislike, I dislike it a lot, a lot, yeah. a lot. So, so transparency yeah. is like the in-between, right? You hold the right. finger like down it, or something. It lets a little bit of background noise through. Like if I'm walking down the road, I can hear wind. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear, it's like, it's still really, really good sound, but you do not block everything out. Mm-hmm. And that's my preference, but it did take me a while to figure that out. And I 
It was just like a, it was such a little thing. Like it was just a setting on my phone, I think. Mm -hmm. I didn't even have to think about it. So I will try to enact that principle in my life because it's not what I'm great at, but it can have really far reaching results that kind of um, transfer to a lot of other things. Because if that's the thing that's getting you out the door on your walk, you know, Mm -hmm. it helps. Okay. Well, my next one is kind of a silly little thing. Um, But I, I love that sometimes silly little things can become part of a bigger, not so silly thing. So I have been doing, I think you pronounce it gua sha. I was looking um, at I've this heard, written yeah. out in our outline and I was like, okay, I'm here for how you pronounce this. So it's but. two words, gua, G-U-A, sha, S-H-A. But when I hear people say it, it kind of comes out almost like one word, like gua sha. And I now do this religiously every morning and every night. And it's call it's also lymphatic massage is another name for it okay i have um, heard of this i'm really yes. interested so tell me i'm here for all of okay this. well my my um gateway drug to gua sha was these little rollers like these yeah. little jade rollers that i bought at i think like tj maxx you know how they at tj maxx there's like random mm-hmm. beauty products sometimes and i thought well what's this and uh so it's like basically what you're doing is you're you're using these tools to massage lymph, um, away, like out of your face. I don't really know how else to describe it. I don't understand the science behind it. It's like a traditional, um, a traditional beauty practice that goes back, you know, thousands of years. Um, and I believe it's Chinese and it's, it feels really good to do. Does it do anything for my face? I don't know. Is it, you know, people will say it's like a facelift. I don't know about that. But it feels amazing. And I have seen before and after shots of people looking great, like, you know, 30 days into doing their gua sha. I don't have a lot of puffiness in my face to begin with. That's not the way my face holds on to to lymphatic fluids, I suppose. So I don't notice a huge difference in the way I look. I have noticed a little bit of difference in the um, creases on my chest. But anyway, I used the roller for quite some time. And then I think Instagram or something found out that I was into gua sha. So they started feeding me different tools. And so there's another tool that's like a flat, like a jade or a quartz sometimes. That's like a flat. I'm, not, I'm like having a hard time even describing it. It's like a flat stone and you okay. hold it against your face kind of like almost at a flat angle. And you, and that's like a more intense massage because you're really like pushing the, um, or like, I don't know. It's really hard to describe, but you're like, you're pulling it against your face and it's, you know, really moving yeah, I can the it. stuff under yeah. your face and it feels really good on your jawline, et cetera. So, um, what I found was, okay, that just felt really good. And it felt like one of those kind of woo woo self-care things that I can get really into when I decide I want to. And it was something I started looking forward to morning and night. Well, what I found fell into place around that was my skincare routine because huh. for me to do the gua sha, I either have to already have washed my face or I'm going to basically just be rubbing my dirt from last night or right. from, you know, uh, the day into my face. So of course I'm then motivated to wash my face and then it works better if you have some moisturizer on or a little facial oil. Um, so I'm just, now that I'm doing those two things, it then led to me really locking in my skincare routine which sometimes then leads to me like locking in my bedtime routine, because yep. if I'm going to do the gua sha, I want to get my face washed. If I'm going to wash my face, I may as well get my pajamas on. You know, it's like all of those things kind of go together. And so the principle is to give yourself self-care bookends that yes. you look forward to, things that you actually enjoy, that you want to do. 
um, that feel really good first thing in the morning and at night, or maybe it's something different at night than it is in the morning, but just something in the morning that you can do and something at night you can do to kind of get you out of bed in the morning and then make you get back into bed at night, which are sometimes the hardest things I think for us to do. So I'm very inspired by that. I'm realizing I'm so much better at creating morning bookends than night. Mm -hmm. And I, I talked about setting myself up routine wise for success, but the looking forward to like more like self pampering, um, I could be much better at. I will sometimes often like a Friday or Saturday, if we're not doing anything, I'll think, Ooh, I'm going to take a nighttime shower, take a ton of time to moisturize and like just, and then I think I could do this like more often. I don't have to wait Mm -hmm. until I just feel like so spent at the end of the week to take a shower at night and do a little extra self pampering. So I really like that. I'm going to think more about my nighttime bookend. Um, okay, well, we're switching gears completely because um, I just talked about tech. And so far, I think I've only talked about morning and evening routines. And this is none of those things. But this is a, a delightful small habit that um, probably started in the last few months, probably this summer. Um, and that is that I have been regularly picking up our local weekly uh, free newspapers. We have two, you know, the kind of like papers that are like, what's going on around town. They tend to be free. Like in Chicago, there was like the weekly reader or whatever that, do you have any of these papers near you? Or do you just have a traditional daily newspaper? Uh, we have a lot of little, like little, uh, okay. A lot is an exaggeration in my town. We just have the daily paper, but within a 30 minute radius, there's other little options. Yes. Yeah. So I would say, I, I guess the reason I asked you that is because I wanted to make sure this is like a thing in other places, which I think it is. It's usually like an arts and culture focused or maybe what's happening around town weekly publication. They're mm-hmm. often free and they usually fold like a book instead of like a traditional newspaper. That's the best but are I they, can. But are they like, they're like tabloid sized, right? So they're like big magazine mm-hmm. size. That's yes. the ones. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. We actually, we have like one on the weekend. That's like a, a business oriented one that has yeah. all the openings and closings. And yeah. that's the one everyone reads to find out like what's happening in town. So something yes. like that. That's yeah. exactly it. And like both of the ones that I get have a, a hardy real estate section too. So there's, mm-hmm. but they're very local. One is like Santa Barbara local. One's even more hyper local to me. So I've been picking them both up. They're both free and keeping them out on the kitchen counter. And then at some point they're only, they only come out once a week. So I'll grab them at some point. And at some point in the course of the week, often on the weekend, I will sit and read them both from cover to cover. Now, you are a magazine person, Megan. I really am not. So it's very rare for me to sit down with a physical publication. Um, And I have been enjoying it so much. I find that I am like interested in quirky little local stories, finding out more about local businesses. I'll look at the real estate listings. I'll look at the classifieds. Mm. Like it's just it's so different than other media I consume electronically and I think I tried to think of what the principle here is, because maybe you listening are are not interested in reading a local printed publication. But I think what I like about it is it is a finite amount of information. And with that finite amount of information, it's like, here's the movie listings for the week. Here are the arts and culture things to do around town. Here's an article about some local business. I don't have an unlimited internet before me where I could read about anything. (laughs) I have these like 27 pages, most like half of which is ads for like local psychic readers or whatever. That's what I got. And what I have found is I actually will remember and take action on things that I, um, come across in these papers 
more likely than if I were to be scrolling something on my phone. So like uh, we noticed that there was a play at the city college that um, my older two kids wanted to go see. And I don't think that would have crossed my path if not for the paper. I don't think it would have been like promoted to me on social. It was in the middle of the summer when a lot of people were traveling. And so, yeah, the principle I think here is that sometimes analog or limited information can actually like promote more active engagement, whether it's local or maybe a cause that you like or a magazine that you love or whatever. Well, and you and I both work in a, first of all, I totally agree with that. And if I'm sitting with no like ability to fall down an internet rabbit hole and just (laughs) reading something, I will often take whatever that action might be. Maybe the action is I want to make this project. I need to add this thing to my shopping list. Uh Or in the case of like a local arts and um, culture type paper, maybe the action is I need to, I want to order tickets to this production or something. Whereas if I had read that online and got distracted, click the link, you know, if I'm on Facebook and I see something, I could be five layers deep before I even remember what I like. Oh, I clicked that. I clicked that. I clicked that. What was I doing? I don't even remember. So there is a much more scattered way of engaging with content. So I think that that's great. And I, um, I do it in a different way, but like, or I guess the content I'm reading is probably a little different from what you're doing, but I think that the principle applies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another one that I have that kind of goes along with my last, my gua sha. Um, and I can actually link up my skincare routine if you want. I just wrote about yeah, it on my blog yeah, not too long that. ago. Um, so I have been getting up just a little bit earlier than I need to. And Sarah, you will be very impressed with me because I started this in the summer. I didn't even wait until like, nice. you know, I had to do it for the back to school season. But the thing is, I'm not getting up like two hours earlier than I need to. It's like 20 to 25 minutes. And um, this has been something I've really been finding that the older I'm getting, well, a lot of things kind of came together at once. I got a little older and my sleep schedule or my, I guess my body clock is now starting to kind of come back from the night owl. Like I used to be total night owl. Now I'm really not oriented that way anymore. COVID happened and I stopped doing stuff late. And I really, it kind of like, coalesced with my age perfectly because I think I was really ready to kind of reset my body clock a little bit, but the world around me wasn't ready to let me. It still wanted me to be out at midnight and stuff. And then that just went away. No one, I don't know the last time I was with a group of people who stayed out till midnight. Like it's maybe my birthday two years ago. I mean, it's been like a really long time. Um, so that all shifted. And then, you know, now I'm been dating somebody who is an early riser for two years. So all of those things have kind of conspired to start getting me to bed earlier and being open to rising early, which doesn't always mean I do it. It just means I'm open to it. And mm-hmm. I'm a little, I feel a little more able, but what I'll do is I'll have these really, um, like in the summer I was sleeping until about six, uh, sorry, seven, I think seven, it was about when I was getting up most days. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to need to shift that up a little bit for the school year because my kids need to be out the door by seven Oh five. So I thought, well, I'd really like to be getting them all up by six twenty, And that means if I want any time to myself, I really want to be up by like six, which means if I want to, I should start waking up at five 45. Now, what I didn't do is say, I'm going to set my alarm for 4:45 and spring out of bed at yeah. 5. I've done that to myself in the past mm-hmm. and 
I don't do it. I'll do it for a couple of days and, and then I'm miserably tired Mm -hmm. and I start dreading the morning and I just don't keep it up. Yeah. So just saying, what do I really need here? Um, the principle is kind of similar to the principle, the business principle of your minimum viable product, which is like go to market with the smallest, like lamest version (laughs) of whatever the product is going to be and see how it does. And so my minimum viable product here was 20 minutes earlier than I need to be getting the kids up because I don't like the feeling of dragging myself out of bed and stumbling to get them up. I really like to have a little time to ease in, but it doesn't have to be hours of time. It can just be a few minutes of time. Right. And it's going really well. And what I'm also noticing is that, um, and this will play into my last, um, my last tiny habit that I'll talk about in a little bit, but I am finding myself at bedtime with a good, healthy amount of tiredness. I'm not so tired that my eyes are drooping at five. Yeah. And I'm not so not tired that I'm wired and having to force myself to go to bed at 10. I have a healthy amount of tiredness which allows me to just kind of like hit the crest of my day at an appropriate time and then just ride the wave down. Yep. <laughs> and that's taken a long time for me to get. And I think that's really hard to do when you have little kids. Like that's yeah. because, you know, now I can just put myself to bed and say, guys, I'm going to bed, you know, teenagers, um, please make sure you're asleep by nine and I'll see you in the morning. I couldn't do that six years ago. Right. I couldn't really even do that three years ago with Clara. She right. wouldn't go to bed. So now it's like, as long as she's heading toward bed, I can go to bed and, and yeah. it all works out. But like it, it is, I love that feeling of riding the appropriate wave for my body. Yeah. And, um, I guess I would also just point out that you can't really start forcing yourself to get up any amount of time earlier. If you don't pair that with putting yourself to bed earlier, yeah. those two things have to go together. And I know that's such a bummer because sometimes we think, we're going to get up early and do all of this great stuff, but we don't change our bedtime. And like, that's, that might work for a few days, but remember the first week, um, my kids were in school and I told you I had a sleep deficit and so did you. And we yeah. felt dumb. We both yeah. felt so stupid yes. because we couldn't get sentences out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, my issue has been more waking up occasionally in the middle of the night and not being able to go back to sleep, which is also a gift of midlife. Right. Um, but it, Going to bed at a consistent time when you are sleepy at the start of the night is one like a good protector against that. I think um, right. that kind of yo-yo like sleep that can you can get into. I was going to ask you if you you can keep the same consistent routine when your kids aren't with you, or if things shift naturally. I think that I think being with someone who's an early riser has has really helped in that regard. Yeah. Um, otherwise. I probably would sleep in a little bit, but not too much. And that's the thing, you know, that's like the trick because if it's a week that my kids aren't with me and there's really no reason I have to get up at four, you know, five forty-five or six o'clock, even just still waking up and opening my eyes, even if I have nothing to do. And even if I just lay there and just yeah. am awake, it's helpful. But I know sometimes I know like as the days continue to get shorter and shorter, I'm going to start to struggle with that. And I do sleep a little bit more in the winter, which is totally normal, by the way. Like our bodies are are driven to sleep more as the days get shorter and the nights get longer. So um, I think I'm going to lean into that a little bit. Just not I just don't want to lean into it so hard that my mornings feel like a big bummer because I'm not giving myself enough time or that I'm doing that yo-yoing, like trying too hard to get up so early that then I end up with a super sleep deficit. And that just is really hard. That yo-yo sleep habit thing is just, it's really hard to recover from. It is. 
It is. Yeah. It is not fun. I feel like we've we put in our many, many years of kids waking up in the night and then yes, <laughs> only to only to go into to our do 40s it to ourselves. And like, yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, well, my last one is almost the inverse of the analog newspaper I just talked about, but it's a digital way that I have found to solve the same problem, which was what you were talking about. When you see something you want to remember later, whether it's a craft, a recipe, an event, anything on the socials, like how do you capture that and remember to go back and take action later? And so this is the, this is the digital version of what I've come up with. And I've now, I've been doing this for probably a year and maybe I've mentioned it on the podcast, but that's okay. I'll mention it again. So Instagram is my preferred social media. I follow a lot of interesting accounts that often will give me ideas for anything from a recipe to try to a book to read to something local that I want to check out to like something work related I want to do. And so that save feature that you have the little bookmark button on Instagram is great. It will bookmark it for you and you can go back later. But the problem is, will you ever go back later? And will you remember (laughs) why you even saved this thing? So I combined Instagram's bookmark save feature with um, Todoist, which is the app that I use for all of my tasks management. And I just have a recurring reminder every Friday. I think it is. I've switched to which day. It doesn't matter. I love that it's recurring. So I don't have to think it just pops up and it says review IG saves. And that day I talk Hmm. about gamification because I love, I love to have a task that I can like click off and it makes a satisfying sound that I did it. And all it is, is to go into my Instagram saves for the week and see if there was anything that I saved that requires further action. And if it does require further action, then I would probably create a Todoist item, honestly. Or it was, or it might be just as simple as like sharing it with Brian or watching it again and be like, oh yeah, I'm glad I saved that. And sometimes I don't even need to take action, but it's like a it's like a two pronged tech solution to that thing where it's like you want to remember to go back. And most of these things add joy to my life. Most of these things are not onerous to dos. They're actually things that like. I, I want to do. It's just how do you remember that you saved that thing somewhere at some point? So that's worked really well. Oh, and a, and a principle. Sorry, I, I'm supposed to list a principle. Um, the principle I came up with is that technology wants us to be scattered. We have to come up with ways to be focused. And so maybe Instagram and Todoist aren't your things, but maybe there's another place where you feel technologically scattered and maybe there's a way to like harness it for a more focused experience. Well, I love this and I just keep thinking I need to try Todoist because I do think from from hearing you talk about it, I do think there is a way for me to use it in a way that that I will not feel like annoyed or sort of boxed in by. It just seems like such a useful tool for automating some of those things I don't necessarily want to have to keep thinking about. Yeah. And even if you just tried it for home management, for example, rather than like if you didn't want to think about work or creative life that way. I mean, those recurring tasks are the the biggest gift to me. So like there's one that's every three months I put the little de- like limestone descaling things through my washing machine because we have like really hard water here mm. that builds up a bunch of junk. I don't want to remember when the last time I did that was and how often I'm supposed to do it. It just tells me like I wake up one day and it's like, oh, do that thing today. So I have things like watering plants, um, mm-hmm. you know, like stopping by. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to forget all of my examples, but a lot of recurring home management tasks, it might be an easy entry for you, but then I use it for work as well. Um, and then 
Yeah. I've done like whole conversations. Yeah. Any kind of like furnace filters thing or like my, my getting my oil changed. It's hilarious to me that I can literally sit in my car several times a day where all I have to do is look up and I can see when I have to get my oil changed. It's, it's written on the inside of my car. Like it's right there. And I just don't, I just don't look at it. Um, because it's not part of my routine. It's not a habit. I haven't made a habit to look at it. So I could definitely see that. And it would just be like sitting down, you know, all at once and plugging all of those things in and then being done with it. This is not an ad for Todoist. Todoist is not a sponsor though. I think they should be by this. I mean, I've actually reached out to them before because it's like comical for, for a while I was like trying not to talk about it anymore because I felt like it was like too much. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I have my last one and this is something that I sort of backed into accidentally. Um, but when I re and this is, I think an interesting category of tiny habits. Sometimes you intentionally do this and sometimes it just happens. And when you realize it happened, you're like, Ooh, this is really working. I'm just going to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. So this one is that I'm not except for the, the pretty occasional, um, exception. And I would say even on the weekends now, this is more an exception than a rule. Um, I'm not drinking alcohol after about seven o'clock, sometimes more like six or six thirty. So the way this happened is that, um, Eric does not eat at all past seven. And I would say he prefers to eat most of his food by like six 30. And so that means he's usually also, if he's going to drink, it's going to be earlier in the day and he'll be done by like seven. And unless he's like actively working on a beer, he's not going to go dump it because it's seven Oh one, but he's not like opening anything. That's not like a thing sitting around sipping. And so I kind of got in that habit when I was with him. And in the summer, because my kids started the routine of being with their dad on and off, like week on week off, instead of just a few days here and there, those time periods became longer and longer. And at one point, I think we hung out together for like every night for two straight weeks where I didn't really, I barely went home. Yeah. And so I just kind of adopted his schedule because I was at his house and that schedule was if there was going to be any drinking, it was probably going to happen more like four 30 or five. It was going to be pretty early. And then it was seven o'clock done. And what I realized was happening was, okay, at seven, um, we, I would have a cup of tea, like a cup of herbal tea. I would do my guasha. Mm-hmm. I would be like in my pajamas ready for bed and I'd go to bed and wake up and feel great. Like I would just have a really good night's sleep. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. There was just a lot of things that happened around that more happy hour timing for a glass of wine than like pushing it back. One thing that, um, I didn't really realize that for me can happen. I know alcohol is supposed to be a system depressant and it is, but for me, it almost has a stimulant effect sometimes too, where if I sat down and it was a nice night, let's say, and I sat out on my patio and I had a glass of wine and a book and I was just enjoying the weather and enjoying my wine I'll get like a little energy spike from that. Mm-hmm. And then I will go right past the time I would have gone to bed. Yeah. Yeah. I could see yeah. that. Especially if and it's it, like yeah. filling a need that maybe you yes. put off or like you're now feeling happy. Yeah, exactly. Well, like we were saying early in the episode, sometimes you combine things together and you don't know what the thing is that's bringing you the pleasure. Um, it's just that they're all happening at once. And so I realized that like, if I have a eight o'clock beverage, it's pretty likely I'll pour a second because there's something about that eight o'clock beverage where I just want to keep going. Whereas if it's like it's five and it's kind of going along with some other activity in my house and then I take a break and I make dinner or whatever, 
I don't think to go back to it. Then by the time seven o'clock rolls around, I'm sleepy and I just want to, and when I'm really tired, I don't honestly usually even think about drinking because it's like, well, now I'm ready for, I'm ready for teeth brushy. You know, mm-hmm. I'm ready for all that. So guasha, I'm ready for my guasha. So I think that the, what I'm realizing, um, about the principle being sort of like this idea of setting bumpers around activities But in this case, so what I mean by that is like, if there's a less healthy activity that you don't really want to be sort of, I don't know, monopolizing your whole day, create bumpers around it. So, you know, it's not going to happen between seven and nine, say, and it's not going to happen, whatever it is. But those things in this case just happened. I didn't plan it. So what actually did happen? I think it's all the other stuff. Like, I think it was the going to bed a little earlier. I think it was the getting up a little earlier. I think it was just like, I think it was the self-care practices. Like, I think all of those things led to a routine that helped me kind of put parameters around something I wanted to limit. Well, and you were probably seeing some of the benefits and like you were getting the positive reinforcement of sleeping better and getting up earlier. So that is kind of a nice place to wrap this up because it is like when a few of these habits click together if we can stick with them long enough to see, um, I don't know. I don't like the word results or progress because this right. is, this ebbs and flows forever. We will be talking yes. about this again in, in four oh, months. I and promise. I'll be like, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm only drinking between eight and 11 <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and now I'm sleeping until noon. Yeah. yeah. But if, <laughs> but if we can stick with it long enough to make observations at least about those other, um, like the ripple effect, the sort of domino yeah. effect, then I think it's motivating because it's then it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is this is where I want to be. So I love that one. Well, and you know what it, what it also is, is I think that sometimes we hear about things like, OK, if you do this thing, if you exercise, if you, you know, if you limit your alcohol or don't drink late in the evening or if you um, do yoga or whatever, whatever the thing is, you'll sleep better, you'll feel better, you'll all we hear that and someone's saying it and logically we know it must be true, but until we experience it in our own bodies, it's like, there's that little bit of doubt. Like, I mean, maybe, but will it really work for me? And I also think sometimes we do like really punish like punitive things. Like we really force ourselves into changes we're not ready for. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like a big bummer. And the, and the results or whatever you want to say, progress, whatever doesn't always happen right away. So if you can make the activities pleasurable and things that you enjoy, the rest does tend to fall into place. Yeah. I love it. Well, this was really fun and I'm excited for next month's more than mom, where we are going to revisit our goals and intentions for 2022. See how far we've come. See if any of these habits might actually be helping us, like, I don't know, finish the year where we intended when we started it or not. So that'll be Mm -hmm. good. Um, (laughs) And then, as always, we'll be back this coming Tuesday with a brand new episode. And yeah, thanks, Megan. We'll talk to everybody then. Talk to you then. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. 
Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening, and left The Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.